0: SECTION FOUR OF THE MOONMASTER BY CHARLES DIFFIN. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. PART FOUR The noise from the cave ceased. The rift in the earth was in plain sight from where they cowered, and the eyes of the men were upon it. One instant it was empty, the next, in uncanny silence, it was filled with huge hideousness an enormous crouching beast. It was black, a dull leathery black. Its thick, hairless hide hung in creases and folds on a gaunt frame. Shorter than the tree eater, it was still a thing of mammoth ugliness. Its hind legs were powerful and armed with claws that curved deep into the earth. Its front legs displayed the same fearful weapons. A thick, heavy tail slashed forward and back over the ground, and from this to the grinning, heavy-toothed jaw and beating eyes where the long neck ended in a warty head it was an incarnation of pitiless ferocity was the scent of the hidden shuddering men in its red nostrils it forgot them at the sight of the beast in the clearing the starling cry echoed hideously in the thin air as the frightful body came erect with neck extended jaws open and dripping it hurled itself through the air in one terrific leap Had there been any lingering hope in the minds of the men that they had no carnivores to deal with, the ensuing struggle ended it. The attacker tore great masses of living flesh from the struggling, screaming body. The first cumbersome brute was helpless before its destroyer. Jerry was trembling and sick at the sight, but he grasped his companion's arm and drew him after as he slipped quietly away. To the high ground, he whispered, It's our only hope. Perhaps we can fight them off there, find some steep rock we can climb. They worked their way desperately through the rubbery, obstructing growth. At the foot of the hill there was better going. The bare rock gave winding and twisting passage to the heights. They could have leaped over the stunted growths here, could have raced frantically for the high ground, but they dared not to leap up into view Of those fierce searching eyes, it was unthinkable. They crouched low as they darted from their concealment to new shelter and crawled behind rocks when open ground must be crossed. They had dared regain hope when again the paralyzing scream ripped through the silence. It was answered by another and another from distant points. The valley of the caves was spewing out its loathsome dwellers from their winter sleep. The men raced openly now for the heights. As he leaped, Jerry turned to see over one shoulder. A pursuer appear. It was one of the flesh eaters, head to the ground on their trail. At sight of them, its cry rang out again. It bounded forward in pursuit, and again there were answering screams from the jungle growth. The men threw themselves frantically up the mountainside. Once Winslow landed in a sprawling heap, And groaned as he drew himself to his feet. The beast was below them. Jerry seized a great boulder, whose earth weight would have made it immovable. He raised it above his head and sent it crashing down the slope. Another and another he threw. One struck the great beast in mid-air. It was pure luck that drove the stone crashing against the creature's head. It fell back with a blood-chilling snarl that was half-shriek. Another monster appeared to throw itself upon the first and tear at the crushed, waving head. Jerry took his companion by the arm. His voice came strangled from his straining lungs. "'Are you hurt?' he gasped. Can you run?' Winslow nodded breathlessly. Again they gathered themselves for their wild, leaping retreat toward the top. An uproar of furious fighting behind them marked where a score of the monsters had gathered for the feast. Jerry watched vainly for some refuge, some pinnacle of rock or precipice they could climb, and from which they could beat down their attackers. There was nothing but the welter of volcanic waste, rock heaps and boulders and smooth streams of solid lava. Perhaps in the crater, he thought, over the ragged crest of the cone, might be some place of safety. The pack was in full cry again as they climbed gaspingly to the top, beyond lay the funnel-shaped crater. Its vast inner slopes were less steep than the hill they had climbed. They were covered with a jungle like those they had seen, a maze of red toadstools and distorted trees. Jerry turned savagely to face the oncoming brutes. This he knew was the end, for this they had hurled themselves through space to make a morning morsel for these incredible beasts. About the men was a confusion of granite rocks thrown from the crater to provide weapons, crude and futile, for two puny earth-dwellers. The men raised great rocks in the air and threw them with all their strength. Jerry struggled with a mammoth boulder, Winslow leaping to his aid. They toppled it over to start an avalanche of devastation that swept into the oncoming monsters. Again there was a respite. For their aching arms while the hunger crazed brutes tore at the bruised bodies of their fellows. Jerry Foster looked longingly again toward the crater. Should they chance the shelter of the jungle growth? Hopeless, he knew, when these monsters could crash their way through while the men were impeded at every step. The mottled orange-green stalks, as he watched them, seemed to move. He dashed the sweat from his face. His hair hung matted on his forehead and passed a grimy hand across his eyes. Plainly, one of the stalks crossed a rocky-floored clearing. Was he dreaming? Was this all a dream? A mad nightmare from which he could force himself to wake? Another moved. He saw definitely a mushroom growth pass swiftly to lose itself in a neighboring clump. Dreaming? No. The screams from behind him, and Winslow's hoarse yell proved the stark reality of his surroundings. The vile creatures were close. Jerry could see their fierce heads dripping with blood. He reached for his pistol, knew instantly that it was useless against these mammoth brutes, and joined Winslow, who was straining desperately at another great rock. It toppled and fell. Jerry hurled himself at a heap of smaller boulders, and sent them crashing as fast as he could seize them and throw. One quick look behind him showed still the impossible vision he had seen, and now there were figures, a mob of them, figures that threw off their wrappings of vegetation as they ran, cast to the ground, the toadstool disguises they had held. They were caricatures of men that were swarming up the hill. He swung again, in one last hopeless stand against the first horrible enemy the two men poured a torrent of stones down the slope they were useless except for their delaying the advance the beasts leaped and dodged they were close when the rock rain increased to a deluge jerry was fighting in a red haze through which he saw dimly he was aware of the hailstorm of boulders that were thick in the air he saw vaguely the white faces and copper-clad bodies of strange men leaping about him and he heard the wild bedlam of their streaks as they joined in the mad battle against the common enemy the beasts were swept off in a landslide of loose rock all but one above them on a high point of stone it was crouching to spring a wild human figure its flesh white as chalk leaped forward with a tangle of fibers The tangle was thrown as the brute was in the air. A net spread and wrapped around the monster. It fell, clawing and tearing, to roll helplessly down the slope. The battle was won. Jerry swayed drunkenly on his feet. About him the mountains seemed whirling, where unreal figures of men, with dead white skin and shining copper armor, danced dizzily. He meant, for an instant, to look from winslow's dazed eyes out of the past a picture flashed clearly winslow the same winslow arguing that the moon might hold mysteries still he laughed thickly and i said all was known he muttered through slack lips nothing on the moon that wasn't known he was still laughing in a wild inebriation as a net settled close to entangle his swaying figure and bear him helpless to the ground he saw winslow similarly bound saw him lifted to the shoulders of shouting yelling men whose stupid pasty faces were wide-eyed with excitement he too was raised into the air they were being carried toward the crater's mouth part four